Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian, Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. This is series six, a fun series where I've reached out to some friends that happen to be Olympians that have spent a lot of time on the road, kind of like me. I spent 20 years living out of a suitcase. And along with those 20 years comes a lot of good stories. So let me introduce episode 55's guest that we will be dropping in with today. Now, this guest went to the University of British of Victoria in British Columbia, Canada. And in her first year, I say luckily because it's important, she learned rowing. And why do I say that? Because she went on to earn Canada 17 medals on the World Cup and World Championship tours, four of those being silver at World Championships. My jaw is dropped. She is a three-time Olympic rower with two fourth places finishes in Athens 2004 and Beijing 2008, taking home the silver medal in the London Games in 2012. Now, I think that's okay to say that we're pretty happy she picked up rowing in university. This mother, wife, daughter, friend, world champion, three-time Olympian, and Olympic silver medalist, Darcy Marquette Horsnet Horness is with us today. <laughs> a mouthful. So I'm sorry. You're double. You're double ended. <laughs> the double name. I know. Thanks so much for having me, Mercedes. Thank you for coming on. It's so nice to see your face. Now uh, it is February seventh when we're recording this right now, so we're deep into the Olympics. <laughs> Woohoo! Go Canada. <laughs> I know. Um, have you been able to enjoy some of the games? Oh, it's been a whirlwind trying to get get it all in. But yeah, I have caught some of the figure skating and snowboarding so far. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just such a, some of the speed skating. I love the winter games. I grew up watching it. So it's okay. uh, such a fan. <laughs> so good. Okay. So on dropping in, I start with 10 rapid fire questions. The audience knows they're never rapid fire. They never go <laughs> quickly. And that's okay because the they just want to get to know you a little bit more. So are you ready to drop in? I am ready. (laughs) Okay. Number one, what is the one thing that you traveled with that was a must have for your sport? For my sport. So in rowing, we use large, long boats. Um, So we traveled with our own tools, uh, wrenches and um, yeah, spare parts to be able to put our boats together uh, when we're overseas. Um, Wait, do they come apart? Yeah, so the boats actually in North America where, uh, or if you live close to a boat builder, you will get a fully intact uh, eight. So the eight is the longest boat. And um, that's the one that I raced in mainly in my later years of my career. Um, But in Europe, they have to send them over in those shipping containers that go on those huge ships. And the boats are too long. So they actually cut the fiberglass 
and put bolts in bolt holes and uh, send us with bolts to put it together. And um, it's actually Vaseline that goes on in between the two halves. It's not exactly half. It's like three quarters and a quarter. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. No. <laughs> um, so that you put Vaseline in to seal the uh, seal the seam. And it's uh, tightened down with uh, wrenches and yeah. Crazy. Mm. Wow. <laughs> My mind is blown. Okay. <laughs> Number two, who would be the most high profile contact that you may have in your phone? High profile contact. Hmm. I mean, you know a lot of Olympians. <laughs> I know a lot of Olympians. <laughs> and then I always think, like, that's it's that high profile, but to other people, it is. I suppose. Um, I, I th I've got uh, Marnie McBean and my yeah. contacts. So nice. she's, uh, and she was our chef de mission in 2012. So um, yeah, L known her a long time. Marnie, I love her. She's one of my favorites. She She's frequents amazing. Whistler as well. Right. Yes. <laughs> Number three, what is the top song or playlist that you might be listening to right now? <laughs> so um, I recently watched the latest Disney show called Encanto. Okay. And um, I would say that's been on repeat lately uh, when I'm working and uh, just hanging out, cooking or playing with the kids. Um, okay. It's got a lot of catchy tunes. I think uh, I think it's going to give Frozen a run for its money as the uh, next hit. I dig album. it. I'm going to have to listen to it. Well, how old are your kids now? This is not they, a rapid fire question. <laughs> no, yeah. I've got a seven-year-old and uh, twins who are almost five. Oh, my goodness. Time flies by so fast they're already five the twins i remember when they were yeah. in your belly yeah <laughs> uh, crazy okay Encanto. i'm gonna i'm gonna download that i think that sounds mm -hmm. good that's like right up my alley uh, so number <laughs> number four if you could go back to an olympics would you choose summer or winter oh like if i was going to compete again yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, I'd probably do winter. We're like a winter sport uh, country, I think. Uh, <laughs> having been a summer Olympian, I guess, um, I can say that a little tongue in cheek, but uh, <laughs> we spent a lot of time and I know a lot of summer athletes spent a lot of time finding warm weather uh, to do our sports. So um, you talk about traveling um, in the off season, that's where we would we would find the warm weather to get to you know open water that we could row on. So I think I'd try winter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was always envious of the travels to heat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we want what we can't have. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Number five. If you were invisible, what is the first thing that you would do? Oh gosh, invisible wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> it's like a You're superpower. What, yeah, it's superpower. Um, if I was invisible, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't have teenagers. I feel like if I was a mom of teenagers, I'd want to like be a fly on the wall when they're, what they're talking, talking to their what, friends. Yeah. What is the language they're actually using? Because sometimes it gets confusing. Yeah, I know. Um. I don't know, maybe sneak on an airplane and go somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's a good call. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Every time I think of like, I ask this question, I'm like, rob a bank. I would rob a bank. I would never rob a bank. It's not something I would do, but it's the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. If you can't get caught, why not? <laughs> um, okay. Number six. Are you a big city or small town kind of gal? Well, I think I I sort of live in a small town now, even though I'm in a sort of, it's Tawasan's not a suburb of Vancouver, but it's uh, it's far enough away that you can get to the city life if you would like to, or you can um, just hang out. I like the small town vibe, though. Um, I like where everybody knows each other. You kind of get to know the community. The community knows you or your family. Yeah. Um, so I like that closeness feel. I also yeah. do, for sure. To Wasson, I don't go there very often. I get I get a ferry. Did you yes. know that? Um, have you seen the snowboard ferry? No, there's a snowboard oh. ferry. There's yeah, with a snowboarder on it. That's me. Oh no way! <laughs> I will have to keep my eye open for the snowboarder. I've never seen it in person. It's oh. it's the one that goes to Nanaimo. Anyways, that's from oh. like 2006 photo for the 2010 series right. of fairies. Yeah. Oh, fun! Random fact. claim to fame. <laughs> that no one knows who it is. It's like it's, you would never know. You know, you're so bundled in snowboard gear. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, number seven, what would be the biggest risk you have taken? Well, other than pursuing the Olympic dream, I feel like that's a big risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so lately or recently, a year ago, in fact, I started a business during the a global pandemic. Um as one so, does. <laughs> as you do. Yeah. So I would say that was a pretty big risk. And what's um, this? What's the business? The Give business is, oh yeah, it's called Oceano Cleaning Services. And we are a currently residential uh, service out here in Tawasson and Ladner. Um, there is such high demand. We have a huge wait list for clients. And oh, don't we are sign currently, up, guys. <laughs> we are currently hiring. So if you oh, know hire. some good yeah, people, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, we are an awesome company to work for. We give back to the community and um, we're growing. Like it's sky's the limit. It's really neat to, it feels like we're on this uh, new journey. Mm -hmm. Look, I should have added entrepreneur up there. Yeah. What don't you do? Yikes, <laughs> Mike's. Okay. Number eight, after retirement, mm. did your view on the Olympics change at all? Um, it's sort of a yes and a no. Uh, I think that prior to competing, you sort of look at these athletes like in awe, but you don't actually realize all the work that goes into it behind the scenes and how many years it took them to even get up on those skis or get in that boat or whatever it may be. Um, but there's still such a magic around the games and everybody representing their country and, um, just this really neat, yeah, it's magic uh, that um, transcends every everything, all all barriers that I can see. And um, yeah, I I just love I I love to watch it. I love to Are you cheer. Like super excited to watch. Yes. Yeah. What absolutely. is that? This is my first time, so I'm like new to it, and I'm like jazz. Oh, this is your first Winter Games, yeah, the watching. Yeah. 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 That was me. Well, I've watched two Summer Games since I retired, and it's just so thrilling. And when it comes to your event, and you still know some of the players, both yeah. like your competitors as well as teammates um, who might have been, you know, just coming onto the scene. And yeah, it's really neat to see that 
um, unfold. And I, I don't know, like it's like a renewed excitement around. Yeah, I'm invested. Yeah, <laughs> I am like probably too much. <laughs> well, and as an athlete, well, as as a spectator, you get to see all the sports. But as an athlete, you don't. You exactly. you only either see your own venue or maybe you might catch one or two events after you're done competing, which not everybody has that luxury either if they're, you know, their events towards the end of the games. And um, yeah, so many people don't mm -hmm. know that. Like if your events at the end of the games, you have not done opening ceremonies, right. you like just got to the games. And when did, when did you compete in the games? Was it early, middle? Early. Oh, Rowing is the first week of the summer right. games. So, yeah. and so we had the second week to kind of enjoy um, nice. the, yeah the fanfare a bit and see yeah. see some events and sites too and mm -hmm. for sure not this year for the athletes it's a pandemic no still. you come home Sucks. right away yeah Sucks. but it is what it is at least they get to compete number right. 10 see we're still in rapid fire team <laughs> <laughs> no, no number nine what would you say the best way to travel is oh like mode of transport Fly? anything oh yeah. Kaylin on an episode was like light. I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great to teleport. You could be right there. That would but be magical. Yeah. Wouldn't it? You could just go to like Paris for dinner and come home. <laughs> Sleep in your own bed. <laughs> I think that that's like, I loved traveling all over the world as you did as well, like to mm -hmm. compete and to train. Um, but I always like coming home to my own bed. And even though I traveled with my own pillow and like my earplugs, so you're kind of like zone out whatever your sound right surroundings might be. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. That's funny. Coming That's good. That's no. good. Number 10, the last one of the rapid fire. And then we will get into on the road stories. Okay. What would you say are the top three places that you traveled to? Oh, I love everything about Italy. I've been to multiple cities there and traveled as well um, outside of competition. Yeah. Italy, uh, Australia, New Zealand was really cool. I'd love to go back there. And um, uh, there's a, a spot in Switzerland that has a rowing course that is just in the, it feels like in the middle of nowhere, even though it's in a big city, um, but it's, it's a hidden gem. Um, so that town in Switzerland. It's called Lucerne. <laughs> Lucerne. I feel like yeah. Will um, talked about somewhere in Switzerland that was like super oh, magical. Right. I can't remember. It's on another episode. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. That was, and the, so Italy, Switzerland. Italy, yeah. And, and a third. Uh, Australia, New Zealand. Australia, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. I do love New Zealand. Thank you so much for doing the rapid fire. Never rapid, but always fun. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> so you mentioned that you were on the, um, eights team but you also mm -hmm. were on two were you yes. on four as well Paris. i raced in the fours at the world championships okay. and the world cup but not uh, the olympics and oh, were you always traveling together as a as the women's team and the men's team or is it just the women's team on their own uh so it, I don't know how it works now, but when um, I was competing, we would come together for the world championships, both the men's and women's teams, and on occasion be on the same World Cup tour. Um, different programs had different goals and what they wanted to achieve, either race more or less. Some, yeah, just different philosophies and coachings and programs, uh, program yeah. goals. So, um, yeah, 
we would often be traveling in Europe together, but not on training camps and not, um, yeah. Wild. Okay, cool. So would you always have a roommate? I mean, I always had a roommate, Canadian Uh, athletes. Really yes, it work. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It was always somebody from the crew you were in. So, okay. Yeah. And I'm just uh, going to pull up a photo for those that are listening. This is a photo of the, of the women's eight, right? Mm-hmm, yes. So would your roommate be in front of you or behind you in the boat? <laughs> uh, in this picture, I often was paired with the woman in front of me. That's Andreanne Morin. Okay. And, um, she and I were often roommates, but even the the girl behind me, uh, woman behind me is uh, Ashley, and I was paired with her occasionally as well. It's interesting. They would often pair. So you can see in the photo, um, for those of you that can't see it, that we row on different sides. So mm-hmm. alternating uh, from one side of the boat to the other um, yeah. in each seat is a different side. Um and so we would often be paired roommates with someone who rows the opposite side to us. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's different personalities depending on which side of the boat you row, because when we're broken down into two, so we, in like through the winter and during training, we would, we would break down the whole crew into two person boats and the role of the, in the two person boat, like there's the stroke seat, the person who's setting the rhythm, and then there's the person that's sitting behind who has to follow. But the person who has to follow also has to call like the race strategy or like it's, um, you're not a coach on board, but you're kind of like a, you kind of run the workout, you communicate with the other you're crews that are on the water. Yeah. So I sat behind always, most of you the were time. the leader. Yeah. <laughs> So you you were so. you were the leader of the roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned that you had uh, ear earplugs. Did you have the face mask and everything when you're on I the never, road? Too? I never got into a face mask. I know mm. some people that, that that swear by them, but it it bothered my face to have something on it. So I, I would mine would always mask. fall off, and I my I was a disaster. I have like <laughs> some of my roommates have the craziest photos of me. They're like you. It looks like you're floating because you know you get like to put the pillows under your legs. So you're, I don't know, right. so weird things. But <laughs> when you were had those roommates, did you guys all kind of get together and play games or anything, or was it just like we're here to work out, we're rowing, we're doing this? <laughs> did you no, have I- any fun? Yes, we definitely did. Um, Well, it was interesting. Like I um, grew up on the West Coast and uh, in my early days on the rowing team, it was all about card games. Like you would go down to the common area of the hotel and this is when we would get to know the guys as well. Um, Like, and we would play card games. So I don't know if you're familiar with Euchre at all, but. I know a lot of people that play it. I don't know how to play it. Right. Well, it's a, it's a common like Eastern game and Eastern being like Ontario Um, and Quebec, like they, and maybe even the Maritimes, like, I don't know why it stops at the Manitoba border, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I learned from my parents, from my mom and she grew up in Ontario. So I learned how to play you growing up. And so I could play and you kind of get shunned if you can't play, you're like, okay, I'm just going to sit over here while everyone else plays. Right. Yeah. 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 What else did we play? There, I th- I swear there were other games, but euchre was a common one because it happens pretty fast. You don't have to think too hard. Okay, um, but I'm going to put up this photo and ask you, how did you play euchre when your hands, <laughs> if you're a rower, your hands are destroyed most of the time, right? 
Yeah, well, that would be pre, so the photo is of sort of some bloody blisters on an open palm, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's before the calluses have built up, like that was probably an uh, coming back into the season photo or having taken a week off like off of rowing at uh, Christmas break or something like that. Um, Cause your hands, like they soften up so fast. And so you have to build back the callus um, that you need to protect the skin that is on your palm. <laughs> you guys are like, seriously, some of the toughest athletes I think I know. <laughs> it's, and like the most fit. Uh-huh. My dad thinks the curlers are the most fit. And I'm like, dad, I just don't think you get it. <laughs> Aww. too funny let's talk about um your your husband for a moment hmm. how and where did you meet your husband because he is also an olympian for the viewers that are watching i've thrown up a photo um that must have happened on the road right it did happen on the road yeah we were competing in beijing for the 2008 olympic games okay and we actually met on a bus uh, going to watch a diving event. So swimming and rowing are both uh, first week uh, yeah. summer sports. So we were done competing and uh, we were just happened to be going to watch diving. I think it was like Alexander Depati that night um, do his thing. And we we're on the athlete bus going from the village to the aquatics cube, which you can actually see on TV now, which is so cool in Beijing, that yes. uh, bubble building. Um, so we walked, uh, we took the bus to that building and just like, oh, hey, you're Canadian. I'm Canadian. We just got to talking and um, walked into the building together and we're like, oh, yeah, I might catch up with you later. Um, and we ended up meeting up later at the bar, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> And yeah, we kind of um, connected and uh, kept in touch after the games. We were actually on the same flight back from Beijing. That's 16 hours or 18 hours, I think it ended up being from uh, Beijing to Vancouver and kept in touch and did long distance for a year and a half. Um, And then we both moved to London, Ontario to train uh, in the lead up to 2012, London 2012. So cool. I love that story. And now you have three children. <laughs> three children. I know. <laughs> I look like back at those, <laughs> those photos are so, it's like a different life that I but, used to live. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I do want to, yeah. I want to pull up another photo. That's you at the Henley Regatta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in a dress. You've got this cup in front of you. Did you win that cup? We did. Yeah. Yeah, I loved. I've been to the Henley Regatta. It is one of the most fun events I think I've been to. Yeah, it is super fun, and it's um, well, it's in England, and uh, people are super proper there. I remember the first time I went, and um, women's boats haven't been in that that uh, regatta for that long. Like I think it was in the nineties, even that uh, the first women's boats were. Um, permitted to be part of the event, which is, well, it's, yeah, they're, they were behind the times, but now it's a fully, um, I I think it's, if it's not even, it's pretty close uh, men to women's events. But um, I just remember they're like, oh, it's a ladies crew. And they're like, you know, doing the golf clap. (laughs) And they're like, oh, look at the ladies rowing. And and they're so proper. Like the dresses had to be down to our knees to go into yeah. that um, fancy viewing enclosure. And yeah, yeah, I had to wear like 
to the floor dresses, which I think is like kind of cool, to be honest. I know. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a neat tradition for sure. It's part of the part of the rowing culture there as a spectator. Totally. Now, mm -hmm. is there any one road trip that you just remember? You're like, man, that was a good time. <laughs> so um in my early days in my career we would we had these rowing vans and they were funded privately by a guy who decided to take it upon himself to um fund the women's some of the women's programs out east when I was uh training out there and um we had these like 15 passenger vans that we would have three of them and we would drive them down to like regattas and training sites on the eastern side so like we drive down to boston there's a big race there in the fall and i can remember one of those trips and we're like it's the road trip van like you've got the suitcases in the back you've got your snacks you've got your pillow you've got uh <laughs> one of the athlete other athletes are driving and we just like would pump the tunes and i can remember sitting <laughs> we played that you know that song boots with the fur yes apple bottom jeans boots with the fur yes that's that like song. one that gets stick in my head and then it comes back all the time yeah so <laughs> we were playing that at the border driving down <laughs> the other van parked like in the next lane over was like seeing us and we were bouncing the thing <laughs> it's so ridiculous but it was definitely memorable and lots of great adventures in those vehicles and just i don't know it so many times when you're on the team through the summertime, it's actually quite a small team. I don't know if you you found this as well. Um, the amount of athletes that end up competing for Canada is quite a bit smaller than the training group. And so this was like the big training group all together. And mm -hmm. so it didn't matter if you'd been on the world's team the previous summer. It was just, it was really neat and inclusive that way. Um, like so that everybody kind of got to, yeah, train and race in a bit less stressful environment and yeah it was neat yeah that that reminds me of um back in the day with like just when i was doing provincial things going around with all the young kids and i would get like i don't know if anyone on your team did but i would get the giggles like you're overtired and you just <laughs> get like the non-stop giggles and you just look like a crazy person that was me <laughs> in the back <laughs> Uh, but those are the memorable ones for sure. Like, yeah, there's lots of great trips going to Europe and stuff, but the, like where you are that kind of silly and feeling a bit more like yourself, like, and not having to put on the competitive, you know, game face. For sure. Um, so wild. So mm -hmm. many memories. So like, how long were you on the national team for? Uh, 11 years, I guess. So my first national team was 2002. And I retired in 2013 after my last World Cup. <laughs> um, like, that's a lot of memories. It's hard to pick and choose some of like, like your favorite times. And if I talk to other teammates, I had my teammate Kaylin Irwin on, she brought up memories. And I was like, I kind of forgot about that trip, to be completely honest. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. It's so neat to have those connections with your teammates and reminisce like that. We have a group of, uh, I have a group of teammates who we met in the lead up to the 2004 games. Okay. And only me and one other carried on after that. So that group of women, though, we've stayed in touch and gotten together annually until COVID hit. And 
Um, we're having our first get together this coming May, provided everything is a go. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah, we're staying in Canada, so it should be fine. Yeah. But um, everybody's, you know, spread out all over the country, in some cases over the world. So uh, it's really neat to have those teammate connections for sure. It and to is. Reminisce. And yeah. especially like Team Canada, I know you and I were like the BC girls that are like, okay, when can we have an in-person Olympians time? Like, let's I all know. get together. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to make that happen. I I yes. really, I love everyone in BC. I mean, obviously Canada-wide, but um, we got mm -hmm. some gems out here in BC for sure. And it's always nice to see everyone's faces. Yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, okay, where can people find you online if they want to see what you're up to? Uh, on Instagram, I'm uh, Darcy M Hort at or on Instagram. Yeah. That's uh, pretty much my main thing. That we have a uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank That's you so much for dropping in today uh, on the road with Darcy. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mercedes so much for dropping in today you can find everything you want to know about dropping in with mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com don't forget to subscribe on apple spotify and youtube thanks dj kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.